Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. It's Tuesday, which means it's time to preview the World Cup once again. We're talking Group C and D here with me, Adam Boltwood, the one and only Chris Hennich. Hey! Change it up, just change it up. And uh, yeah, Nick Morales is here too. Yeah, just, he's here. He's, he's in the back, you know. <laughs> Guys, we previewed Groups A and B yesterday. As I say, it's time to talk Group C and D. Let's get straight into it. Group C, we've got to talk about France. Nico, one of the favourites, uh, a young side, an exciting side, one of the most talented squads in the competition alongside Spain, alongside Germany, uh, one of the favourites, of course, as well, and it's hard to see them doing anything but topping this group, surely. Yeah, obviously, they're the mo- I think probably they're the most talented side at the, at the, at the competition. It's difficult, to, it's difficult to look at really any parts of their team that don't, aren't just oozing with talent, but that being said, they have failed in the past. I think... Even though they got to the final, I think a lot of people view their Euro 2016 performance as a failure given the fact that they didn't win the competition, but how can you stop Adair from from striking that far out? Um, But with that being said, I I do see them being one of the most successful teams at the tournament. I I just think they have too much talent to, um, to not win against some of the lesser teams that they'll probably go up against but at the same time I think when it comes to the latter stages they're probably one of the least tactically prepared teams because Didier Deschamps is I I think as a lot of people have documented really well doesn't have after all of these years of coaching the French national team a cogent and consistent style um, with a lot of these players and so I think that's ultimately what will hamper them but I could be very wrong I think the the attacking trio of Mbappe, Dembele and Griezmann which what which is what I imagine will, will probably be their trio if they do use that, um, is going to be really, really difficult to stop. And then when you have the human battering ram that has succeeded as exactly that, as a super sub um, for a long time now, Olivier Giroud, along with the, the creative talents of Tovan that's had a really good season, um, and Fakir as well, then, it, it, I mean, there are a few international teams that can that have that sort of quality regardless and much less uh, as possible bench players, so... I mean, I don't necessarily disagree with with Nico's evaluation of things. I think they have got tremendous talent across the board. My concern is how Deschamps lines that up. Um, I watched them against the US in a friendly at the weekend, and they were quite turgid and and laborious, to be very honest with you. Um, Things changed a little bit when Nabil Fakir came on. Uh, He showed a bit of an ability to sort of break through um, the US's, what I would argue was quite a deep line, quite a... Um, compact group as well but 
yeah, I think they've got all the talent in the world. I look at Mbappe, Dembele, Griezmann. It, 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 there's almost a, an embarrassment of Riches trying to fit that group in. And yeah, I just have this feeling that that um, the Deschamps won't be able to get the best out of them. I, I look at you know the just the lack of consistency in them. That's the, that's the problem I have with France. Is that yes, you know, on their day, they can I would say beat anyone quite comfortably. But it's how often does that day come through? Because the World Cup is not forgiving for that. Mm. Is that the weakness, Nico? Because of course, in in twenty fourteen, they lost in the quarterfinals of Germany. They lost in the final of Euro twenty sixteen when they arguably should have beaten Portugal. Is the the major weakness Didier Deschamps that he can't seem to take them to that next level to add silverware to a team that he has admittedly made competitive? Yeah, I think like uh, much of the debate surrounding Leroy Sané, maybe he's afraid to make some of those decisions with the the embarrassment of riches that he has in terms of French talent. I think that's probably the problem is that if he left some of these players out of the, out of the team and out of the selection, regardless of how outrageous that might seem to people, he would have a better idea of what he could do. Even one style, as opposed to a myriad of them might work better with the, with some of the talented stars that he has. But I think that's, that's the issue is that when you have so many options, I think he sees that as more of an opportunity when it can hamper him in in a lack of um, maybe concentration and consistency. What I also wanted to ask is, I mean, is this the tournament where the, the, the narrative around Paul Pogba changes? Because I think we've seen the same story for a couple of years now, since Euro 2016. I mean, can he finally be the player that we all think he can be? Um, obviously, Mourinho hasn't helped him um, in that context. But I mean, can this be his tournament? Is, is, this, is this finally where he elevates himself to the, to the place where he thought he could be? I'm just not sure if I'm really honest. I'm just not. I'm just not sure. That's 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 the genuine honest answer. That's the that's the thing is that like I think it largely sits in the hands of Deschamps, and I don't know if those hands are capable because what I see is is initially what I saw as a good selection of someone like Steven Nzanzi, who some people might have thought didn't have a chance of going, but I think he can be that progressive midfielder that links the the defense and the midfield and the attack because of that's you know that's essentially the role that he plays for Sevilla. But at the same time, in the in the games leading up to the tournament. He hasn't played in Zanzi that much. He hasn't used these players as, a, as I thought he would. And I think, like I said before, it's it's a kid in the candy shop. He has too many options, and I don't think he, he will settle on a concise style. And I think their talent will probably get them far. But as far as being an impressive team that's going to do something um, in a concentrated way, I, I, I struggle to put a lot of faith into Shams. The How one t- problem I've got so- as well, sorry to interject, Aram, is that with Pogba specifically, because obviously he is the the diamond in this crown, so to speak, I think from at least from a midfield perspective, is the further we get into his career, the more we end up looking back at Juventus and saying, right, what did Juventus do to extract this brilliance from him? Because that's been the only consistent in his career so far. And it's a three-man midfield. It's saying, okay, well, who could play the payload role? Who could play... I think Kante could be the Vidal potentially... I don't think Nzanzi's quite got the range to be Pale or Percy, but that's such a big ask. Maybe to Lisa. Yeah, and, and then even then it's, okay, well, then he needs three centre-backs behind him as well. So he, so one can sort of cover for him when he goes off on these, you know, mad dashes forward to try and create. And then I remember hearing Jonathan Wilson talk about the fact that he had a theory that it was to do with um, wing-backs and the fact that Evra playing left wing-back when he was at Juventus was important for him. So Pogba is such a funny one because he, divides opinion so strongly and yet this part of me thinks well if you've got someone who can be that supremely talented 
and you can still accommodate Mbappe in the final third with this formation, how much do you try and cater to him so that the team runs efficiently? And I think that's the difficult thing is that, especially in Italy, we talk about um, the coach being the tailor, making the clothes to fit the players, or the formation in this case to fit the players. And I just don't know whether Deschamps has picked the right bits of fabric to make the suit that he needs to, to stretch that analogy. It'd be interesting to see if he finds, if he finds the right mix during the group stages because of course you know Australia Peru Denmark maybe there's a little bit of latitude to to experiment I'm not sure but as you say Picante alongside Pogba with Matuidi or Tolisso there it feels like a very strong midfield what about the attack Nico because Deschamps the last two tournaments he's gone for 4-3-3 potentially he's going to do that again here Mbappe up front Griezmann on the right potentially Lamar on the left that I mean we talked about the best front freeze in the tournament that has got to be up there yeah, the difficulty is I think Mbappe's enjoyed a lot of creative freedom and, and really attacking freedom with PSG, playing with Neymar. It's been a very fluid system. Those those three, uh, Cavani, Neymar, and, and Mbappe have interchanged a lot, but you have to be, I think, a little bit more c- concrete in your position when you play with Griezmann. And I think Griezmann, although obviously at Real Sociedad he was more of a wing-type player, he is completely molded into more of a center-forward despite his diminutive stature. Um uh, with Atletico Madrid, and so I think them occupying the same spaces, even though Mbappe, I think, is more of a wide player still, he's kind of that hybrid forward as well. The difficulty is that if they're occupying the same spaces, if they're making the same runs, it won't work out as well as some might imagine it should, but I think if you can isolate Dembele or if you can get him isolated with defenders, that's that's going to cause problems anyway, so... I, I, you know, it's as we've as we as is with the story for for France. It's an embarrassment of riches when it comes to the attack, and you have Tovan who had a really good season at Marseille um, as well in Fakir. I don't know how you fit those guys in, and and if that's going to be an issue from an attacking perspective. But if they use the front three of Griezmann, Dembele, and Mbappe, it, it's difficult to see past them in terms of getting far into the competition. Denmark, uh, perhaps the the favourites to also go through alongside France, Chris, of course, the main man, Spurs' very own Christian Eriksen, uh, in his prime going into this World Cup. Uh, I think he scored, what, 11 goals in an 11-game unbeaten streak that Denmark are on right now. Uh, He is the key to their success, surely, just as we saw in that qualifying victory over Ireland, the 5-1 in the playoffs. He is the main man for Denmark. He is. He's definitely the one that most fans outside of Denmark will know. And I think he is the star player, undeniably. And yet, at the same time, I think this team has a lot of talent elsewhere. Um, Kasper Dolberg, I would say, hasn't had the greatest season at Ajax. But I look at people like Andreas Cornelius, who's managed to sort of build himself back up at Atalanta in Italy. Piona Sisto, who I'm pretty sure is football Twitter's favourite winger. Um is doing well at, at Celta Vigo. Uh, Lasse Shona brings a bit of experience in the, in the sort of heart of midfield with Ajax. Thomas Delaney's just moved to Dortmund for a fairly decent fee. Um, there are certainly some disagreements about this squad um, in Denmark. Michael Crondelli, who, who hasn't done a lot, managed to get in ahead of Daniel Vass, who was none too pleased by that. Um, and I think if there's a, a slight weakness, um, the fact that William... Um, Christ hasn't been playing regularly at club level is not ideal given he tends to start and then also at left back um, he Harada has been playing Jens Strager Larsson out there and if he doesn't start at left back it means Jonas Knudsen's there who is playing at Ipswich 
there are potentially better players. Demisi of Betis brings to mind as like a good, fast left back who could have played there as a left footer as well, because that's the thing. Stragarsen is not left footed naturally. So so there's certain just imperfections with this team that I th- I'm not too delighted with personally. What about Peru, Nico? Because obviously the build-up to this tournament was dominated as to whether Paolo Guerrero was going to be able to play in the tournament. Uh, he is now in the squad. Of course, that will raise optimism in Peru. Um, just how important is he to this side? I think incredibly important, not just from his talent, but obviously from a, from a story perspective. I think a lot of people... Um, probably rightly so, looked at Peru's chances of, of doing well in this tournament after the, the news had come in that he wasn't going to be there, which has obviously now been reversed, um, as taken a major hit. But now that he'll be joining them, joining them he is their, their idol, the fans' idol. He is their record goal scorer and their captain. So I think that provides a huge boost for a team that I think there are a lot of broad strokes that a lot of people use to, to paint teams from Africa and South America but if I'm going to describe this South American team as as one thing in sort of a broad stroke it is very physically gifted and powerful on the counterattack. and a player like him with the experience that he's had in, in Europe and other places along with Jefferson Farfan who is, is experienced as well at 33 years old I think they can be one of the shock teams at this World Cup I think that's that's kind of what people should be looking out for is that maybe they don't have any of the names that you'll recognize but I think defensively and from a physical perspective they will be a force to be reckoned with. Enough of a force Chris you think to potentially finish above Denmark and upset this group? Whew, that's a big call. Um, I do like Peru. I liked what I saw. I did some uh, columns for Betbull towards the back end of South American qualifiers so I kind of managed to catch a bit of Peru up, up close and I think Guerrero is obviously going to dominate the conversation because of his situation, and I'm glad that he gets to play. But this team does have talent elsewhere. That's the other thing, um, especially in, in attacking areas. Jefferson Farfan's a name I imagine most people will know. Raul Rui Diaz looks like moving to MLS soon. Um, I'm also a fan of Christian Cueva in midfield. And I think if I was pushing it, I'm going to say yes. I think that Peru can finish above Denmark and take second. Wow, that's a bold shout. Um, does that mean for you Australia are coming last? Chris, uh, obviously a little bit of uncertainty given the late change in manager, but Van Marwick only joined in November. Uh, do you think they could be a dark horse, uh, sort of an unknown quantity, or are they going to finish bottom of uh, of Group C? Yeah, a bit of a mad one this, because Bert Van Marwick is coaching Australia in the tournament, having helped Saudi Arabia qualify for the tournament. So... I can't think there are many managers who've managed to, uh, and you know, tread tread that path to a World Cup. Yes, there are some familiar names in this squad. Um, you know, Yedinak Moy. If you watch the Championship, Jackson Irvine and and Massimo Luongo will will probably be be familiar to you. But personally, I'm just not sold on on the team. Um, sort of as a whole, I I don't think I've seen some people talk about Tim Cahill being relied upon at 38 I, I don't think he will start I think he will be a bench option personally I think he'll he's there for for moral support first and foremost and then to come on and try and change things it'll probably be Tommy Jurich who's playing in um Switzerland I think uh they've got Jamie McLaren who was someone I quite liked and have talked about on this podcast a while ago as someone that I thought could do well in MLS he's been okay on loan at Hibernian but really I just don't see sort of enough quality across the board. I, I like Tom Rogic. 
Um, Aaron Moy is someone I've talked about a lot on here, but I look at probably more the the defense. Is Tom, Nor- than, is Tom Rogers not the guy that uh, won the the Nike thing? He did. He was from. He he came through the Nike sort the of champs. second chance yeah, academy. Is. Yeah, yeah. Um, and managed to find his way to Celtic. He <clears throat> excuse me. He is a very talented player. Um, but where I have issues with with this team is is the basically the defense. None of the defenders are really playing at a, at a high level. Um, they're all kind of dotted around parts of Asia and Turkey, and uh, I think there's a, a chap playing at Millwall in there as well. It's it's not a high Japan quality well. defense. Granted, Matthew Ryan is behind them, and he is a very good goalkeeper. But again, I'm, I'm just not convinced they'll they'll be able to to hold things out. I mean, their even their qualifying was not great. I think it was Thailand that they needed to beat to get through. Um, and they couldn't do it by the goals margin that was needed. And so that's what sort of pushed them into the playoff against Honduras, which which was not an enthralling encounter either, to be honest. So are you saying France, Peru, Denmark, Australia? That's your lineup, Chris, for this group? Correct. Are you going to agree with that, Nico? No, I'm going to go Denmark. I was looking at their squad and yeah. I kind of talked myself into it because I think... One one guy that maybe we didn't touch on is, is Yusuf Poulsen, who's been really good for RB Leipzig. And I think to a very basic extent, Christian Eriksen and Poulsen can recreate the relationship that him and Harry Kane have in the sense that Poulsen is a very athletic and gifted or, or built striker. Not athletic, he's not very quick, but um, he is very uh, he can be a bully in, in a lot of situations. And I think if Australia hadn't been in this group, I, I probably would have given them more of a shot. But given the quality of all of these teams... French especially, I, I find it difficult to see past Denmark because I think they will be a, a proficient team in the tournament. And even though I, I, I can appreciate what Peru will bring to the tournament, I imagine um, that Denmark will come second. But I could definitely see Chris's prediction happening mm. as well. I've got a bit of a soft spot for Peru, having spent time in the country, but also Denmark because of Christian Eriksen. It's hard to see past <laughs> them, as you say. So I think it's got to be France, Denmark, Peru, Australia. Um, what about... Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Group D, finally in in today's preview, Argentina, uh, Iceland, we've also got Croatia, as well as Nigeria, a very interesting lineup in Group D. Argentina, the favourites to go through top, you'd say Nico, obviously one of the best attacks in the tournament, you're looking at Higuain, Messi of course, Di Maria, Aguero, Paolo Dybala, but the big question is, can Jorge Sampaoli get this team to click, can he get them to fire on all cylinders? 
That's that's the ultimate question, isn't it? And I think as a disciple of uh, of Marcelo Bielsa, I think that is that is the thing is that this this team it's either going to be complete failure, I think, or it just might be crazy enough to work. I think the biggest weakness that Argentina have is that they obviously within the school of Bielsa and later Sampaoli, they have this this press press heavy style of this really aggressive type of South American football and the difficulty with that is that I see a lot of teams given the fact that they don't spend a whole lot of time together I mean yes a lot of these players play in similar systems but given the attackers a lot of the pressing style being reliant on on those players doing certain things um, I see a lot of play uh, I see a lot of teams in, in their qualifying sort of run up to the tournament which almost you know, ended in disaster. I see a lot of teams breaking that press relatively easily, and I, I think that's a major problem. And that's really Sampaoli's card: is that he wants to play this aggressive, dynamic style of attacking football led by the front. But if teams are always going to be breaking their press, and and they certainly didn't face the teams of the highest quality in the run up to the tournament, if teams are always going to be breaking that, then regardless of the quality of the, of the defender that you have at the back, that's going to put them in difficult situations. And the the thing is, is that Outside of maybe Marcus Rojo and Nicolas Otamendi, they don't, and and to some extent Mascherano, even though now obviously he's in the latter stages of his career, you don't have defenders that are going to deal with that exceptionally well. Federico Fazio has seen a a revelation in his career going to Roma and being a really good on-ball defender, but you isolate that guy and he moves about as quick as my dead grandmother does. He is the slowest person I think I've ever seen. And so when you put a, a team, or when you put defenders in those situations, I think it's really difficult regardless of their quality like I said so I think it'll it's it's one of those things that it it just might be crazy enough to work if they can get that attacking force all those guys to press as one and and be really successful and they can be one of the most exciting teams that we've ever seen and be successful and reach the final or they could go out in the group (laughs) Uh, you know what I I don't think that's a bad take to be fair because it's it's a crazy group it's a crazy Mm, group yeah I agree with that. It is a crazy group, and and the thing is, nestled within that is Argentina are pretty crazy themselves because, you know, they did kind of need Messi to to drag them to this tournament um, with that hat trick in, in qualifying. I think against Ecuador it was, um, and they have a lot of talent. They definitely do. It's just one of those things where I have a sneaking suspicion that that this Argentina team will probably tank this tournament and will probably go down as one of those teams that we look back on and say, you know, they had so much talent, but they were the nearly men. Because if it's not the 2014 World Cup, it's the Copa America in Chile, it's the Copa America in the US, they just, for whatever reason, just couldn't seem to get it done. Um, and I, th- I just have this thing, suspicion that's going to repeat itself again here. Like I say, they have so much attacking talent whether it's Di Maria, Messi, uh, Dybala, even domestic guys like Christian Pavon is a, is a very good young player. But then I look at the midfield and there's just, it's not a lack of talent that's the issue, it's just how that harmonises. Because Eva Benega, I'm a big fan of, because I love deep-lying playmakers that stroke the ball around like he does. But he's not been convincing. And the talk is that Giovanni Lo Celso, the PSG midfielder, will likely replace him. Um, and... That, for me, is a concern because he's very young and that's a lot of pressure to, to put on um, a player like that. And you look at the central defensive pairing, Fazio, who has done well to fix himself at Roma, and Otamendi, who, again, has done well for City. But how does that complement each other? Because Fazio is not the quickest. And Otamendi, 
is known to be rash, I think, from time to time. So it's... The, the thing with this is, there's a lot of potential uh, weak points in the structure. And it's just whether they buckle or whether they hold is the most important thing with Argentina. Because if it holds, then the attack can do what it needs to and thrive. It's an interesting one. Obviously, Argentina... Perhaps the favourites finish top, but as Nico suggests, uh, could finish anywhere in this group. What about uh, Croatia and Nigeria, Nico? Obviously, two teams themselves with hugely talented squads. Out of those two, who is your favourite to progress? Or do you think both could? Uh, I think Croatia is probably my favourite out of those two. I think they, they they have a really talented group of players. And when you have a midfield three of Ivan Rakitic, Mateo Kovacic and Luka Modric, excuse the itches, um, I think you can be really successful because it, there's no denying Luka Modric's talent. Mateo Kovacic has come leaps and bounds since his relatively inconsistent time at Inter. And then Rakitic has obviously, obviously been exceptional uh, since joining Barcelona. The only difficulty there is is uh, Modric and Rakitic like to sort of occupy the same spaces, but I think they, they'll have a way of working that out. And then when you have a player that's as flexible as Mandzukic, and then I know they have him listed as sort of a midfielder, but Perisic has kind of more occupied that left, sided space for inter inter um for this past season so i think he's a real good option down that side and and they just have a, a variety of options i think that are relatively competent in attack and combining that with a defense that's probably all right with versalco lovren and what i imagine will be strinich and and somebody else uh somewhere else i, th- I think it's a it's a very competent team that i i wouldn't be surprised does well this tournament like i said you know it's all in relation to argentina that can either be an absolute gold mine or 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 a really really bad team. I do have concerns about Croatia personally. Um, I think yes, the midfield is is startlingly good. Um, it's a golden generation to that effect. But the fact that the centre back pairing will probably be Domaj Vida and Lovren is a concern. And then also there's just some off field issues as well. The fact that Modric and, and Lovren, two of the the sort of main players, are engulfed in this rather nasty legal situation back home, which is, is also quite political at the same time. I just wonder that if the pressure will get to them a little bit because that's... It, so often we want to just define it by what happens on the field, and I get that, but I just think that that whole situation with you know potential claims of uh, pur- purgatory, yeah, that's when you lie, isn't it, in court? Have I not, I'm not having perjury. a perjury. perjury, thank you, sorry. Of perjury... Um, hanging over the situation that that in itself it's it's just so much pressure to put on on top of the fact that as I say this is very much seen as a golden generation with the likes of Modric, Rakitic, Mandzukic all into their 30s now. What about Nigeria because a uh, talented like Croatia but in opposition to what you said they're a much younger squad a much more promising assembly of players uh, the likes of Alex Awobi Klechi Inacho of course in attack Victor Moses as well there alongside the experience of the likes of John Obi Mikel do you think they've got the right blend Chris to potentially pip Croatia to a qualifying spot out of this group um, I liked what I saw in the second half against England um, they did well in qualifying as well which is always a, a fairly decent sign Um I think the concern I had, as I may have mentioned on an earlier pod, was that the goalkeeping situation is not... Um, it's its not really... There's not an obvious starter there. And and I think, actually, the goalkeeper who played against England was quite in, unconvincing um, in his approach. And I, th- I think 
one of the funny things did did either of you see what Mascherano said about Nigeria? Did no, not. I did not. He said, "I'm just going to read it because it made me it made me laugh." He said, "Nigeria are quite well known to us. We've always met in the last World Cups. They're tough not just because of their physical power, but because their disorganisation has the effect of disorganising you as a rival, and that's when teams like ours suffer the most in disorder." And I think. It's quite funny to me that, yeah, that they are just a little bit of a madness, I guess, that that's, or at least that's how Mascherano sees them. I think they've got a lot of talent. Um, the midfield is actually really well balanced, with Onazi and Ndidi sort of the the enforcers and patrollers, and, and John Obi Mikel allowed to pull the strings. I don't think it's farcical to think that they get out of this group ahead of Croatia, but I, at the same time, in, in a preview I had put together, did have Croatia finishing above them. What about the final team in this group? Iceland, Nico obviously put in a, a memorable showing, I think it's fair to say, uh, in Euro 2016. Um, I think they're the smallest country ever at the World Cup. Their population is 330,000 people. Um, obviously qualifying proves it wasn't just a one-off at Euro 2016, but can we expect anything more than a, than a last place finish in a very competitive, very tricky group? Well, that's the thing. I don't necessarily believe that them qualifying proves that it's a it's a one-off. I think they are a very talented team, and whereas maybe Nigeria, like Javier Mascherano alluded to, um, shows that you know I think if you these two teams in contrast is really interesting because they have with Nigeria a group of really talented players that I think are lacking direction because of the there's been a lot of coaching. Um, I don't want to say inefficiency, but not necessarily. Uh, vacancies not necessarily being filled by by great coaches in Africa, which I think a lot of the the talent there has suffered from. Whereas Iceland clearly have an identity; they know what they need to do. They they work as a group, and that's the reason that they were successful at Euro twenty sixteen. At the same time, a lot of their success relied on very sort of schemey type tactics, like a like a set piece, uh, you know, set piece very well worked set piece routines and stuff like that. And I don't know if you can go into this competition and expect the same thing. I think they will be relatively successful in terms of getting out of the group. This is a really difficult one that I imagine they get out of, but um, I, I, I don't see them getting out of it because of what I said before. I think they have the talent and the direction to be a decent team, but given the fact that they were drawn into this group, I struggle to see them moving out of it because of the quality of the other teams. Give me your group prediction then, Nico. Push it for I'm it. Gonna put my, I'm going to put my faith in Argentina. I, I really, really want them to succeed because obviously I love Messi. I think the, the indictment of him that like you know he's not as great as Maradona is completely ridiculous um, because of the lack of success that he's had with Argentina, even though he's gotten to a ton of finals. So I'm going to say Argentina first because they figure it out. Then I'm going to be boring and say Croatia and then Nigeria and Iceland. Ooh, I'm going to go Argentina, Nigeria, then Croatia, then Iceland. Uh, which side are you falling on here, Chris? Argentina, Croatia... Nigeria, Iceland. Uh, Nigeria deserve to go through just for that shirt, don't they? <laughs> Everybody's raving about the shirt. I don't like it that much. I don't what? think it's that cool. It was yeah. sold out within thirty minutes, I think. In, it's just in all London. the London hype beasts. They're just, they just, they just love it. It's not that cool. Ah, come on, mate. That's a great shirt. Unbelievable <laughs> shirt. That's how football works. They deserve to go through just for that <laughs> shirt. Um, okay, guys, that's what you think of Group C and Group D. Who's going to go through? Group D is a tricky one. I think it's fair to say Argentina. Do you think they're going to? capitulate are they going to go through top is Lionel Messi going to lead them through to the group stages let us know what you think on Twitter do tune in tomorrow for our group's ENF preview but until then Nico where can people find you in the next 24 hours you can find me at the front three so selfless uh, Chris 
uh, in the hearts and minds of individuals. Wow, deep. Uh, guys, you can find me very simply on Twitter, Adam Bolwood. Do follow me there. Do follow at the front free as well, and we'll speak to you tomorrow. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.